Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to Meeting Cute. My name is Brendan Hodgden. And I'm Sharon Lagashi. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about uh, the American president, the Rob Reiner, Aaron Sorkin, Michael Douglas. 100% forgot Rob Reiner was even involved until you just said it, so I'm not... Also Annette Bening. Yeah, Um, sorry. (laughs) I feel very stupid. The the proto-West Wing Mm rom-com of 1995. Or it came out in 1995, I believe. And so um, maybe Sharon will run through the the plot really quick for anyone who's not familiar with this classic of cinema and as we'll you can dive. tell by me interrupting brendan about rob reiner i'm not as familiar with an Amer- the american president as i should be so i think that i have done a good job summarizing it but brendan i feel like you should ju- feel free to jump in and okay. correct me if i'm wrong and that way that's how we honor aaron sorkin in our own life <laughs> so the american president all right so michael douglas is the president andrew shepherd who's a Democrat, which is, you know, love it when movies name the actual political parties of characters. Mm. Sorry if you can hear our dishwasher. You'll just have to deal with our dishes getting clean. Um, So Andrew Shepard, Democrat, he's very popular. Uh, It's considered by many that he easily won election initially because since he's a widower with a young daughter, his opponent couldn't really level personal attacks against him during the campaign. So it's fairly popular, and to write his popularity, he's hoping to pass a centrist crime control bill. The words crime control bill are said, like, so many times oh, yeah. in this movie, and it's, like, a nonsense phrase. Um, that doesn't have a ton of passion behind it, but uh, if he passes it, his advisors believe that he'll almost certainly be reelected. So his plan is to announce the bill and support for it at the State of the Union, which is coming up relatively soon in the A few months timeline. away. Yeah. Meanwhile, so not that soon. Uh, meanwhile, he meets Sidney Ellen Wade, renamer. Uh, a very charming environmental lobbyist who is looking to get him to pass legislation to reduce carbon dioxide emissions. They are clearly attracted to each other, and Andrew tells Sydney that if she can get a certain number of votes by the State of the Union for her bill, he'll deliver the rest of them. Um, and he tells his staff that he doesn't think that she'll get enough votes on her end, so he would never have to like fulfill this obligation. Um, since he was attracted to her, he invites her to be his date to a state dinner, and they really hit it off, even though both kind of privately admit the challenges of dating the president in this situation. So they start a relationship, but once news breaks that the president has a girlfriend, both of them become open to sort of like family value style personal attacks, especially by Republican hopeful nominee. Is he the official nominee? No, he's, but not he's, by that point. He declared he he was he yeah. eventually declares himself as a as a contender, but like but it never gets to yeah. that point. No, he's just the front runner. Um, Bob Bromson, who is Richard Dreyfus. So he consistently attacks them in the press, um, and the attacks frankly seem to be working since the president's high approval rating starts to drop, as does support for the crime bill. Um, and despite his advisors begging him to respond to these attacks, he refuses because he feels like it's a private matter and he shouldn't have to. Meanwhile, despite the very personal attacks levied against Sydney, she gets closer and closer to getting the votes she needs for her environmental bill. Um, and at the White House Christmas party, she vents to Andrew and his chief of staff, Jed Bartlett, that the three senators she met with earlier today, or that day, told her that the only bill they were more interested in defeating than the president's crime bill was her environmental bill. And she doesn't realize it, but that's coded language made to make the president understand that they can get support for the crime bill by killing the environmental bill. And don't worry, you will understand that part of the movie. They will hammer it home to you. Can you tell I had a problem with it? Um... Andrew refuses to act on this initially, but then later in the movie, wouldn't you know it, they end up being three votes short on the crime bill, and Sydney has just gotten all of her votes for her bill. So Andrew's angry about it, but he does kill the environmental bill to save the crime bill. 
Sydney ends up fired because her reputation is ruined and her boss thinks that she prioritized her relationship over her job and she breaks up with the president telling him the crime bill won't even do anything. Then, the morning before State of the Union, he makes a surprise appearance in the press room to fight back against the personal attacks. He says Ted Cruz's favorite line about how you shouldn't get into character fights with spouses and tells the press that he's withdrawing the crime bill to write a stronger one, will send an even more impactful environmental bill to Congress, and also something about gun control while he's at it. He and Sydney get back together immediately, and he um, gets ready to give the State of the Union, and that's the end of the movie. Did I yeah. miss any like major... I don't think so. Okay. So, um, the American president... I watched some of this before, but I don't think I actually ever did watch the whole thing. Just surprising, 100% a TBS yeah. classic. Mm-hmm. Um, how many times have you watched it before? Twice. Twice. I mean, okay. including this. Including this. Okay, so you just because I know you recommended it a few times because it was always like thematically relevant whenever yeah. anything like governmental was going on. So I wasn't sure if you'd watched it a few times. Um, so I don't know how to start it. <laughs> this. What did you think? So I mean, the thing that's interesting, for better and worse, about the American president is that this is like a proto Aaron Sorkin mm-hmm. thing. Like even more so, like like you can look at like a few good men as like, oh, here's a lot of the things that make Aaron Sorkin Aaron Sorkin, but like not fully. Like most of his like flaws aren't super present in that movie. Yeah, in this case, they are incredibly, incredibly apparent. Like anything that anything that anyone's ever complained about with the West Wing, with Newsroom, with Studio Sixty, is present here. But you like it? I know I do. Okay. Uh, but, I, but as do I. I think it's a it's a really enjoyable movie. I yeah. think. It's the last good movie Rob Reiner ever made, that's for sure. Uh, but probably, name one. I don't know. I, I never watched The Bucket List. I highly doubt that it's any good. I mean, he did Rumor Has It, which is that weird graduate we, remake we'll, that we we'll, we'll should do. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's the thing. Like, I feel like ever since then, he kind of went down downhill. But um, the... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I, I kind of agree with you. I feel like I liked it a little bit more than I expected to. And it's weird because I'm not... Not an Aaron Sorkin fan, but you're not. But I'm not an Aaron Sorkin fan. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he is the best argument for and against like separating the art from the artist because like I have enjoyed things that he has done, um, but at the same time I do not enjoy him, and the things that he has done are very like his personality is very much entrenched. As we as we were recently we, we reminded <laughs> in uh, thanks to CNN or was it MSNBC? I don't know what, but whatever. On. But, uh, but yeah, he ends up being in the same... Like, oh, the other thing, too, is that he ends up falling into a similar sort of boat that, like... I think somebody made this particular joke that he's like he's in the same vein as, like, Joss Whedon. Oh, where, sure. like, yeah. a lot of his faults and, and, um, and, and perpetual missteps as a writer are just seem to be tied very directly to some issues in, his, in himself that, like, are never going to go Frankly, away. I connect him also in my own experience with Amy Sherman Palladino yeah. like they no, create things that I like and yet I don't think they, I they, like they, them there's something so <laughs> and there's, there's something the dislike like there's the an personality of, flaws in the work yeah yeah their personality flaws bleed into the work and there's something and there are things that they are preoccupied the about that are yeah. there are things that they are preoccupied about that run completely counter to the appeal of their actual there's work. a weird nastiness and that's it, and, yeah. and, the, and the American president is like a fairly optimistic movie but it's in, in terms of like it, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get into it it feels like it's like from a different universe. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird thing where it's like, and, and again, like to to, to like Joss Whedon again, yeah. like watching American President, it's like you can really just feel this as like, hey, this is a rough draft of the West Wing. For the same sure. way, the same yeah. way, like when you watch Alien Resurrection, it's like you can literally just see like all the characters turning into Firefly characters. I by have, the end of the I movie. have to say, and this is a burn on me. Um, I didn't think about the chronology when we watched this, and I kind of thought that it came out around the same time as the West Wing. Right, yeah, and I was, was like, 
unbelievably lazy of Sorkin. That is probably motivated like, him to create. As far as I understand it, that is that is the case. Like researching this made him want to do the West yeah. Wing, and the West Wing, you know, it has its faults too, but it's. I think a more mature version of this. I mean, it's a show. It has more real estate to play with characters. So like they're not all characters. They're not like wholesale villains or, or uncomplicated heroes the way they are here. What's interesting though, like is that like the maturity element of it is that it kind of plays back to like one of the things I think a lot of people like are sort of retroactively getting frustrated with the West Wing about is the fact Mm -hmm. that it's like this very like, uh, for lack of a better term, masturbatory yeah. examination of like what like centrist respectability politics is like. It's like and it's always like like like. And the, what's ironic is I feel like the the pinnacle of this like in the West Wing nineties liberalism. Yeah, yeah, but not even that. It's just like it's the fact that it's it's the idea that like that both sides have something to say. It isn't. It isn't. Like it, it, that, that, that's what I think the West Wing does. That this movie doesn't is like it doesn't make all like Republicans like cartoon villains. Well, yes. Whereas like this dude, my God. Well, no, but, but but what I'm what I'm saying mm-hmm. is that it's like like to me like the Although, the like the, the pinnacle of what the West Wing does wrong or doesn't or that does that that rubs a lot of people the wrong way now isn't even actually from the Aaron Sorkin era. It's that it's from that episode where. Where Glenn Close plays the the new Chief Justice when they nominate her, and then William Fickner plays like the hardcore Republican dude that they also nominate to you know to basically cut a deal with the Republicans, and they they make a whole thing about in that episode about the fact that like this is this is what the Supreme Court should be. It's about ideologues from different sides like arguing the law which to come like up with a so, solution, so crazy which because, is like Aaron Sorkin did a whole Supreme Court nomination process yes. early, which is early in the series, which is not about that. No, 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 whatsoever. But to me, I think but I feel like that is a microcosm of like. What a lot of what sure. the Western Ron a lot with a lot of people is that like it, 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 it spends a lot of time sort of like actively <laughs> undermining its own politics by saying yeah but we should just because just because we're right or just because we believe this doesn't mean that, that we should fight for it that and like Sorkinism especially on the West Wing which again is a show that I think we both like despite yes. knowing its faults is like the pinnacle of like debate me culture yes you know no, what no, I mean? 100% that's what it is which and I think one thing that can be said about the American president is that this is a movie that There's is very yeah. very aggressively unapologetic <laughs> about like the whole I mean, yeah, like the whole denouement as you yeah. as you said is him basically saying yeah it was it was it was penny ante and, and lame of me to try and like do like a centrist like make everybody happy bill I'm gonna really commit like he literally says I'm coming for the guns yes, which is like the words. most like viciously <laughs> offensive like, thing like, you could say oh, to right wing people by the way yeah I'm coming for your guns and like, which, which, makes it, which makes it all the more hilarious that Ted Cruz loves this movie. And which, I know. I mean, really, I mean, really, I feel like if, if, if you want to understand how like clearly ideologically bankrupt and like non-committal Ted Cruz must be to like ninety percent of right-wing talking points, it's that. It's that he can look pat. That he can he can take that quote about like you know you want you want you want a character debate character, come after yeah. me like he can pick that quote out and ignore the five minutes before that that's literally just Michael Douglas screaming about how great also, liberal things are also like, the more obvious point to make with Ted Cruz's lack of political spine is that like you could take a quote about how hey don't insult my wife and then campaign for the guy who insulted you know, my yeah, wife yeah well, that's the whole other thing <laughs> um, but yeah so anyway so about this as a rock yeah now that we've had this little like events session about Sorkin it's actually I think a fairly classic rock no I mean that's the thing structurally structurally it hits mm-hmm. a lot of the same beats and to go back to what we've talked about in the past about um uh, about jobs mm-hmm. in rom-coms. Yeah. It's like, this is one where the jobs are super, super Incredibly essential to relevant. the nature of and the narrative. Not, and are not rom-com tropes. No, that, yeah, for sure. And it's also the fact that like, they really, really commit to it. Mm-hmm. Like this feels more like, here's the thing. Like Aaron Sorkin has a very like fantastical, ridiculous like, examination of what Washington is like, but this still feels more realistic 
uh, a more realistic or thoughtful depiction of the world that they're inhabiting than, say, like, magazine culture and, like, 10 things and my hell is a guy in 10 days. Well, I think the more obvious comparison for us would be Made in Manhattan with um, Ray Fiennes' character who's a politician. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that too. I mean, like, it, it's one of those things where it really takes a lot, a lot of time digging into the reality of what this is. I actually would compare the depiction of, like, what it's like to be the president in the White House here to, like, what it's like to be, like, a magazine editor in romantic comedies. There's a lot of it that I was like, what? Like, I don't know why Aaron Sorkin seems to think that, like, as the president, you always hire your best friend as your chief of staff. Like, that's come up a few times. I feel like that yeah. was the West Wing, and it was here, and I'm like, I feel like that's probably not the way that's done. Well, I mean, fear, but uh, ostensibly... You, you, could, you could say, like, oh, well, you know, somebody becomes your best friend if you've been working together. Yeah, really ostensibly, no, blah, blah, but it also blah, kind of depends. Blah, blah. Also, I, 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 you never get the sense in West Wing or this that like that, that he picked his best friend who has never worked in politics Fine. you know like in this case like AJ McInerney fanciful. who thank you for giving me his name that, yes. who's Martin Sheen in this movie yeah um, it, you know like, I, I, don't, I don't think that he was just like you know a fucking cobbler I don't think so either. it's just a weird to... repetition where he's like whenever he like represents a president his best friend is the chief of staff yeah it's it's odd that's one thing. But also, like, Sydney is coming to the White House constantly without getting, like, credentialed. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, from what I remember, in season one, they showed Carrie Washington, like, stopping to talk to the security people when she comes to, like, the White House. Here is just like, hey, by the way, Sydney's here. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, I mean, that, that I'm willing to take just like a short come hands. up to somebody's office and I'm like, there's security downstairs. Yeah. I get it. But it's still, yeah. like, if you're talking about realism, there's no, not a lot right. about this movie that I think is necessarily realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I guess I just meant that, like, they, they spend a lot of time really digging into the the minutia or, like, the specifics of what they're doing, and it isn't yeah. just, like, a bad random in, like the so- In, like, the Sorkin interest level. Yes. Like, like, he's really interested in the idea of this bill and, like... Well, sure, yeah, yeah. And him being a centrist when he really should be more progressive, which is hilarious, you know, nowadays. But um, he's interested in that, and so that's the part that gets developed. But I'm saying, like, texturally, I don't think that it's any less fanciful than, like, a magazine. Yeah. If, you know, if, you know, Amy Schumer is doing, like, a Bill Hader is a sports doctor yeah. coverage. Like, it, it still feels like, okay, well, the thing that makes for interesting stories, they'll, they'll focus on. But the other stuff that maybe makes yeah. this drier, they're not going to look at. I mean, it's a movie. But yeah. I, I don't think that it's necessarily... I don't want to make Aaron Sorkin, because you know he listens to this podcast, um, believe that he is an expert. Well, no, 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 no. absolutely not. Functions, because I, I don't think it comes off that way. In fact, the comparison that I was going to make, actually, is not going to sound that flattering, um, but it is if you know what's in my heart, which is, like, it, it feels like a Netflix Christmas movie. Like, it feels very much like a Christmas prince or something like that, where, like, the reality of this head of state dating this woman, it gets lip service. It gets, like, oh, James Buchanan, blah, 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 but it doesn't really... Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, you know, to me, it's just, like, I feel like, you know, it's more, like, there's more thought given into how it intertwines. I think so. And it's not, like, 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 to me, I I guess, like, I feel like the, 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 the... the sequence of events mm-hmm. that leads to him like betraying her yeah. and the context under which they do it and the way that they get to that feels like it's more like considered and le- and more re- and more believable as a thing. I agree. 
I do think that that they put a lot of thought process into making the plot work and, and well, yeah. making like those sort of like the political machinations happen. But I mean, that's the movie. I mean, well, I yeah. guess I don't understand. What I don't know. I, 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 I just feel like a lot of times when we do these, when we, we talk about these movies, it's like, like, like the, the conflict the and the they're the very contrived and forced and like nonsensical, and then like so, the backdrop isn't relevant to it half the time. Sure, I would argue that the the main plot thrust of this is a little contrived. I don't know how many bills are introduced by saying, okay, so you're hot. You get these amount of votes, sexy lady, and I'll give you these amount. Like, it doesn't make much sense, but I understand what you're saying. I do think that the conflict arises organically. However, the way that it is written does not trust that it is organic at all. Because they will... They, Aaron Sorkin thinks you're such an idiot. Well, he will, like, bludgeon the points to you. No, so no, what happens... And, and I, I paused the movie because I was really mad about it. And he has no excuse. It's not like it's his first screenplay. Yeah. Um, is, so she comes to the Christmas party, and they're, ta- they're all talking about these senators from, like, Minnesota or something, yeah. right? Um, which, why were there three of them? Whatever. Maybe have representatives. Oh, yeah, sure. I thought she said senators. Whatever, doesn't matter. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's like, oh, they me too. Anyway, uh, so she says that she had a terrible day. You know, they were like laughing her face about the bill. And then she, he said, oh, well, we had a terrible meeting with them too. They said specifically um, that there's nothing they want to destroy more than the crime bill or something along those lines in terms of wording. And she repeats that wording verbatim to them. She's like, well, that's funny because they told me verbatim there's nothing that they want to destroy more than the less than the crime bill except for the environmental bill no and and so like rob reiner directed this right Right. so rob reiner is like also doesn't trust you at all he'll give michael douglas a close-up then marcin a close-up they're like their eyes are communicating then Sydney walks away, and he didn't trust you enough that they did the close-ups. Then they'll talk about it. They'll be like, did she just say what I think she said? Yeah, she just basically said that they will exchange those votes for this. No, she doesn't want us to do that. <laughs> like, they talk about it for, like, a straight minute. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I get it. And then they're essentially like, yeah, well, this will only come up if we're down three votes for this. And it's like, hmm. Like, come on. He has no excuse to, for writing that clunky. Yeah. There was no, like, I think the West Wing wouldn't have done something like that. And the West Wing, again, is not perfect and is not without its clunks. But the West Wing would trust you to understand what that shit means. And they'll also trust you to wait 15 minutes before it comes up again and they'll describe it. Yeah. You know? And I feel like that's emblematic of, like, the weird uh, paternalism that I feel like this movie is written under. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? The condescension of that, like, I don't know. It, I liked the movie as a movie, but when you take the political landscape of it, which is what he's really interested in, I don't think he's as interested in a love story. Mm. Um, that's when it starts to not bother me, but like it has way more, it has more flies as a political drama than it does as a rom-com. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I think what's one thing, I guess to, to get back to sort of the paternalism and the mm-hmm. other, like the interesting like turn or thing is like the the point where uh, Shepard and um, Sydney. Sydney spend the the night together. Yeah, I like that scene. See, but that's because that's the thing is that that whole scene starts with Michael Douglas basically monologuing about how intimidating this must be for you because I'm the president. Yeah, and how you need to get past that. Shockingly, I think Aaron Sorkin does a good job of like not making it horrifyingly disgusting and an abuse of power. 
um, but he's the president and yeah. she's not, and he's trying to date her and seduce her essentially. Yeah. Um, although his intentions are like not more gentlemanly than that. Right. He's saying like, Oh, we're not going to have sex tonight, blah, blah, blah. And the scene that Brennan's describing is as he's doing that, she's like off screen. And then you see that she's like changed into like one of his button down shirts yeah. and is like getting into bed, you know, so they're going to have sex. Um, I think he does a pretty good job, both by, like, the way that Shepard, like, acknowledges the weirdness for her throughout, and then also, I think, the way that Annette Benning plays this character. That she sort of just decides, no, I'm going to take control, fuck this. She, like, like, yeah, she, like, juggles it. She's, like, very, like, she she is very odd and giddy when he, like, asks her to go to the state dinner. Like, it, like yeah. she, she in no way plays it like, oh, it's a casual thing that the president is asking her out on a date. Like, she's nervous about it. She's a little awed by it. But she also never seems odd by him as a person, you know, like she still cracks jokes with him even on their first date. Yeah. Um, she kind of like ribs him often, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. It, it, it does feel like she thinks of them as equals and it just makes her nervous that he has this office. Yeah. Um, which I think is a pretty complicated maneuver to pull off. And I think that they do that here, both by the writing and the acting, I think yeah. like it works well, which is, it's not a small thing. Otherwise, the movie would be disgusting, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, also, remember how AJ, uh, how Michael J. Fox is in this movie? I uh, do. Like, uh, completely, uh, in a way that, like, is not actually, never even came like up in the, the plot synopsis. He's, the interior advisor? No, he's, he's like, a, yeah, he's, he's a special advisor. There's, like, some, there's something, but, like, it's about, like, interior. No, like, uh, like, domestic policy. Domestic policy, yeah. So, and he he's the one that's, like, pushing... Pushing Shepard to like commit to his values, to commit and to his values, he, to not, and to fight back. He's against, the Toby. Yeah. Um, eh. Well, they're all like. I feel like when he you did, break down the West Wing, which you shouldn't do in this podcast, like they all have the same character about character traits. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, Toby sometimes fills that role. Uh, uh, <laughs> what are the other characters' Sam. names? Sam. I was like Rob Lowe. Like, that, that that's to me, to me, like Michael J. Fox is hundred percent. To me, like um, Michael J. Fox is a hundred percent Sam Seaborn. He's just the Rob Lowe character. He's the young, but super I don't idealistic. Think Sam Seaborn would yell at him for having this relationship in the first place. That feels like a Toby thing. Well, what's funny is that like Sam does have a relationship like this. I know. Sorkin is so fucking repetitive. Isn't that crazy? Not just that, but like for God's sakes, he wrote the first season of The West Wing right after this, and he's like, you know what, I should do have a relationship. Like, like, dude. Get some original ideas. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. I don't know why I developed this weird hatred. Well, so Anna Devere Smith is obviously just CJ. Yeah, like, I Like, and, and then she plays the NSA. And, yeah, uh, get some new friends, Organ. Like, again, like, why is he repeating the cast, too? And I don't know, people use the same gonna repeat collaborators the fine, But it's just, like, it's weird to see them, like, in... Like, everyone has just, like, shifted one role from what they'll eventually play in the West Wing, and that feels weird. It, it's not a negative thing. It just takes you out of the movie. And it also makes you have the movie that you realize that Michael J. Fox was never in the West Wing, and why? That feels weird. Like, he should have been. Anyway. Yeah, the cast is crazy. Uh, Josh Molina shows up for, like, two seconds. John Mahoney. John Mahoney. Again, like, John Mahoney and Wendy Malik. I'm like, I get confused about who's who's her boss. John Mahoney is. Yes. So what is Wendy Malik's role? She's just, like, his deputy or something. <laughs> why do they need two of them? Whatever. Because Annette Benning, I mean, that means an outside consultant. Yeah. I understand. I'm not saying why do they need two of them. Like, why do they need two women, Annette Benning and Wendy Malick? Why do they need Wendy Malick and John Mahoney? No, just, you know. Why does she need two superiors above her? Mm-hmm. That's what I don't get. But it doesn't matter. Listen, 
I liked the movie. Uh, yeah, I do think it was charming in a way. I feel like it did some things well that I didn't expect it to do well. I think the things that I expected it not to do well or exactly what it didn't do well. Right. Having watched uh, an okay amount of Sorkin movies. I'll say, like, I, I enjoyed The West Wing for all its faults. I really enjoyed Sports Night when I watched it. I didn't I, I didn't watch any of his other series. I think I made the right choice there for yeah, everything. Yeah, sounds like it. And uh, movie-wise, I've medium-liked everything I've seen. I've, I haven't outright hated any Sorkin movies. You only medium-like A Few Good Men? I medium-like. A, a Few Good Men is probably my favorite of the Sorkin movies. I would give, okay, so I would give A Few Good Men, like, a B plus. I would give The Social Network a B minus, C plus, B minus. C plus feels a little rude. Um, I would give Steve Jobs, or is it just Jobs? Which one is which? I can't fucking remember. I would give the Steve Jobs biopic a C. And I think those are the three that I've watched. Am I forgetting a movie? Uh, oh, The American President. Yeah. I would give a solid B minus. Yeah. Yeah. A um, B. Honestly, a B minus to a B. Yeah, I still need to show you Charlie Wilson's War and Moneyball. Yeah. And but I haven't seen Molly's Game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, let's discuss the actual movie. <laughs> We have discussed the actual movie. Um, I feel like I feel like we just discussed my airing of the grievances there. No, no, we talked about it. We, we, okay. we were talking about the relationship and the the vibe. I mean, what the do you think about him writing a young woman trying to get environmental legislation pull through? Crazy, right? Cause, what? Because the whole thing with him and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I love. He's like, lady, shut up! And it's like she's basically <laughs> trying to do this, dumbass. By the way, I love how, like, you literally just said, like, let's talk about the movie, and then, like, for three seconds, it's like, but also, why, the Sorkin sucks in this way, too. It's like, we know. I'm so sorry. We know. Like, I'm not disagreeing with you. Uh, That was a bummer. But, yeah, I mean, um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that Michael Douglas and Annette Bening had some good uh, chemistry. I think it's, like. Performance-wise, I think everyone. Yeah, everyone was on top of their shit. Like, like, Richard Dreyfuss knows how to twirl a mustache. I feel like um, I always forget that I like Michael Douglas. And then yeah. he shows up in a movie, and I'm like, I like Michael Douglas. Why do I always think, like, I don't like Michael Douglas? Yeah, even, like, even in, like, Andy Ant-Man he movies delightful. where you think he's going to, like. that's what yeah. I was just thinking of, actually. Yeah. He was wonderful in Ant-Man. I, was like, I need to show you the game. Uh, sure, he's, great he's supposed to be great in that. I I enjoyed him in this. I feel like again, it 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 could be a pretty skeezy role, and, and he performed it well. Which is again, it's, it's so weird because like, when his like most famous role is Gordon Gecko, yeah, it's so weird that, that he plays Ernest as well as he does, and it doesn't feel like oh, you're a douche. Like, exactly, like it felt very honest. There's a scene that I thought was really surprisingly surprisingly well done, actually. Um, I, but I know it's another that they, they didn't play this thread throughout as much as I would have expected, which is towards the end when he's having like that whole conversation with, with whatever Martin Sheen's name is. McInerney. Oh, wow. Um, he basically says like, do you think I would have won the election if his wife was still alive? And I feel like you could feel like that was something that's been weighing oh, on yeah. him this whole time. And I thought that that was like a really wonderful little character beat. I wish that they would have played with that more, although maybe they would have taken the... Yeah. I think part of the beauty of it is that he had never said something like that. Like, in all honesty, like, and I don't mean this negatively, the fact that he's, like, moving on after his wife has passed on, which I think it's, like, three or four years after yeah. uh, she had died, um, it feels 
like the emotions of it are, are kind of utilitarian. Like he's just like, yeah, well, I'm allowed to date. Like, yeah. it's not so much about moving on. He does ask his daughter, like, is it okay that I'm? Yeah, it's it's more it? about like it's it's a leap just because of the circumstance. Yeah, just because of the because... president, not because he's like moving on. But I feel like that compared to something like um, Sleepless in Seattle, where yeah. it's all about whether or not he can move on after right. after his wife passed away. I feel like that's the the comparison that I was making yeah. in my head. It's more just like, but, it's it's more just the fact that it's like, oh, it's been a while. Like, yeah, how do exactly. I do that? And, and part of that kind of like, I don't want to say that it put me off, but I was like a little bit interested on whether or not they would touch on like, it's difficult to date for anyone after their wife yeah. passes away, whether or not they are the president. And so the fact that, they, that he did sort of weave it in nicely at the end yeah. and like would I even be the president if my wife was alive I think is like quite sad and he played it really really yeah. well um, so a part of me is like I wish he would have played with it more but a part of me also feels like it probably would not, not have had the emotional resonance at the end if it had been played with more yeah. do you understand what I'm saying no, no, no absolutely and I feel like that was really great acting on yeah. Michael Douglas's part uh, so I also love the detail that they have a pool table yeah. and he and, he and Martin Sheen like shoot pool like when they have conversations throughout the movie which feels like one of those like very specific like that's like the you know like oh like Obama had the, the mm-hmm. basketball card yeah. the White House. Like, that, that, that's like this is like my specific thing that I brought to the White House as president is I wanted a pool table so me and my chief of staff could shoot pool because yeah. there's something because like pool is like, like friends vibe you know what I mean? Almost like a foosball thing. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. but that's one of those things because, like, pool for me is like a very like tactile sort of like guy cool thing. Yeah. For some reason, and we like the community episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I've shot pool. Like, so it's, it's just something about that where it's like, yeah, like I would do that. Sure, why not? You know, yeah. like short of them having like you know, like a poker table, like just like sure, like. But it, even that feels like novice screenwriting where he's like they gotta be doing something while they talk strategy well sure but like I feel like there's, there's something about like the, the fact that it's a pool table that gives it like the sort of like you know it just gives it some sort of specificity to it me does. where and it's I, like oh this is this is what he decided a, to bring and not in a Paul Ryan lifting weights for no. a shoot type oh, of like I'm a guy just like you way like it, it does feel like earnest for the character yeah um how weird did it feel watching this movie now like did, did doesn't it feel like sci-fi like, it just know. feels so weird. Like, I think that's partially why I had, like, a barrier with the movie. Where, like, again, like, taking the romance out and putting that in its own box, I think it's done well. I think it's done yeah. better than I expected Aaron Sorkin to pull off a romance, frankly. Mm. I think it's done really, really well. But the the framework of, of the politics in the movie is the, the thing that leaves an impression. And it's weird. It's real weird. I don't know. I mean, on a certain level, because I, I, I guess, like... With things being as polarized as they are, it kind of fits that this has this very like black and white like understanding of like no sure. like these these policies are right and these people That's are why assholes. That's why I was like, yeah, I don't really mind that Richard Dreyfuss is like a cartoon villain. Because <laughs> no, yeah. like, in what universe am I going to be like? You know what? The Republicans aren't nice enough. Like, yeah, it no, seem it's that fine. <laughs> like yeah, so so there's that, and there's also the fact that it's like it's been one of the the struggles of the movie is about like the progressive president like having the stones yeah, to be which fucking is progressive. So the West Wing, but again. I guess I don't fully understand why that was a, what, why that was a difficulty that he had to overcome. He's a very popular president. He's got like an insane approval rating. Why? Would I mean, he be as aggressive as he well, you be? could argue. And why did it take this relationship to bring it back to the wrong commitment? Why did it take this relationship for his advisors to push him to be that? 
I don't know. I mean, you can write that as just, uh, again, like being an extension of the same sort of like Clinton frustration that the West Wing was that it was like, why aren't you better at this? Even though like when you look at like a lot of stuff around Bill Clinton, it's like, no, it makes sense that he was like the centrist that he was. But I mean, frankly, that was his belief system. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, but yeah, so some of it might just be that. And some of it might just yeah. been like, well, you know, like, because like that those tend to happen in politics a lot is that people tend to, you know, cut but their cut corners once they actually I get I misunderstand politics, but I feel like. I doubt that's, I, I doubt you. Thank you. I feel like if you are in a position of power and you actually have the support of people behind you, you're elected in apparently a landslide and you, years down the line, have high approval rating, why wouldn't you be a, more likely to pursue things that you're passionate about? Like, the whole thing isn't like, you know, he's a centrist and he needs to be pulled left. He feels that way. Like, his belief system seems fairly progressive, but he feels that he should be more of a centrist, and that's why he does, like, the crying control bill, which is, I know, but again, I, like, such a Clinton No, thing. I know. But, like, why? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, guess we don't have enough understanding about like what Congress is like at the time, <laughs> like who's holds the majority. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm questioning it a little too much, but because it feels like stuff that I've seen Sorkin do before. Yeah. The you need to be who the people elected you to be. You need to be more progressive. Like it, you know, let Shepherd be Shepherd, as it were. It feels like because I'm a little tired of that coming from from Sorkin. I'm like, but why? Yeah. That part feels unexamined, and because of that, it feels, like, unearned, but then he's just, like, he does a speech where he's, like, you know what? Fuck guns! I'm pro-environment all the way! Well, I mean... And it's, like, great, but why could you say that I mean, before? I, mean, I don't understand Well, the, the other plot. question is, if, like... What if is they, the arc? What is the arc? Well, the other question is, like, again, like, they don't explore it enough because they don't have enough time. And it's not the focus of the but movie, if he, right? Yeah, but, it, but, like, if he... If he if but he, it is in his if heart, he, if he ran, it's... If he ran centrist... To begin with, and he won like support of like yeah, we don't know moderate right wing people to win, which is likely. Yeah, we don't 90s. know how he ran. So like, so you don't know. And plus, plus, I mean, it's like, how hard is it to believe that like people will compromise their values as politicians and that like this be... guy? Yeah, like, oh, I mean, so that's the thing. Like, he is not built as a character that really compromises values. He is all about like I'm not going to talk about my relationship because I, even though it's hurting my numbers. Well, I, I guess another another way, like that specific detail is something that he wasn't willing to compromise his values on. And then in realizing yeah, he how, was how to much compromise his relationship for this dumb bill. Right. But yeah. my point is that it's like, he's not willing to compromise on this thing, but then as he goes through it, it makes him realize all the things he's already compromised on without fully think realizing. That's a good point. That it's like, that that's what happens is that it's like by having, by realizing that like, he think... has to own who he is, it makes him realize all the ways in which he already Do you isn't. think in a weird way, uh, Sydney is like the, political version of the manic pixie dream girl for for shepherd and yes. that like she awakens nope, his that, no that's 100 percent. no that that that's oh, actually geez. right literally the only thing about her that doesn't fit that the usual bill is that she is not 20 years old she's not she's age appropriate i think for michael mostly Douglas. i mean is she, like, how, how much older is michael Douglas than Anna Benning? 16 years whoa really or so no t- 14. So is Annette Benning just much younger than uh, Warren Beatty then? Because I, I oh yeah I oh she's 100 percent younger than Warren Beatty. <laughs> okay. Like then never mind. No, I I, 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 I looked this up. Because Michael Douglas is around as old as Warren Beatty, but okay. No, I mean, uh, yeah, he, I looked it up. I looked it up during the movie. He, Douglas was born in 44. She was born in 58. God, where is the Elizabeth Warren movie with Annette Benning? Um, so Annette Benning is 60 right now. Michael, du- yeah, Michael Douglas has to be in his seventies. He was born least, in forty four. For God's sake! I mean, that sounds mean. Michael Douglas is seventy four, so he's he's fourteen, 14 years yeah. older okay. than she is. Okay, so never mind. I think Warren Beatty's older than that. Jesus, really? 
I mean, he was in his 20s in, like, 1965. Yeah, right. Like, I don't think Warren Beatty is younger, but I just never processed the fact that Annette Bening is so much younger than him, and that's on me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, they're contemporaries, because I feel like they've just always been married. Warren Beatty's 81. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's like, I mean, who's Michael Douglas to talk? He's married to Catherine Stitch. Oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> it's just like a sliding scale. You know that there was a whole thing where, like, a lot of people thought that Catherine Zeta jones was Mexican? She's Welsh! Because of, fu- of the fucking Zorro movie? Yes! Uh, <laughs> they're like oh, a woman of color and everyone's like no. what not even a little uh, anyway we're, yeah, we're, all, we're all over the place right I'm now I'm so sorry well no I know I'm, I'm, I'm just commenting I'm just commenting I'm like, not complaining we're trying so hard to focus on the romance because that is the but there's so much other crap in this not only there's so much other crap but I, I truly feel that he the romance works but I don't think that there's a lot of nuance to like. No, I, it's very. I, there's, there's not a lot for us to discuss. No, I mean again, which which to go back to our our original like mm-hmm. obsessive topic is that this is it's peak Sorkin. It is like Sorkin Sorkin tends to work effect pretty effectively when he has some other thing yes. to to distract or water down his usual shit. But it's and, like and it's, it's I guess that's why I have such animosity towards a movie that again I think is fine. Is that like. It does feel like emblematic of the idea of like people using rom coms without having any respect for the genre. Yeah. Like I, I certainly don't think that Aaron Sorkin is a. a I don't even think he probably thinks of this as a romantic comedy, no, although so. it is. Um, I don't think he seems like a rom com fan, and I think he see like he filled in the romance part of it almost as a necessity towards discussing the things that he wanted to discuss. Yeah, I think so that's I feel like like I'm I'm getting annoyed at us for constantly going back to like the political framework of the movie, but like that's because that's where the focus of the movie truly is. It's not. It's not like we're ignoring this like great romance that's working put together. The romance works because the the characters have chemistry. There's good dialogue. You can't yeah. say that about Sorkin, except for when he's hammering home something like a f- fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, when he's doing like a back and forth, it works. Yeah. And and that's true here. And you know, it, it, if we go back to like my initial premise that rom coms take place in a foreign la- fantasy land. This works perfectly because the political framework is very much foreign fantasy land to me. Hmm. Um, we're, we're presu- I mean, we don't know that he won re-election, but I feel like the movie leads you to believe that people are really happy with his speech. A Probably. speech, again, and we can't hammer it home enough, he says, I am coming for your guns. And like, listen, I would love to hear a president say that, but, but do you really yeah. think that, that that would go like standing ovation everyone loves this president again 63% approval rating when somebody outright says I'm coming for your guns I hope that that would be the case in our lifetime but yeah. I doubt it and and again like like yes there's like the feel good element to it but at the same time there's also like the feel real bad element to it but this is 1995 and he's talking about climate change and the environment yeah. and guns and essentially criminal justice reform I yeah. sounds like again they don't really get into what the crime control bill does unless I missed it it's they, just that it does nothing they, they they dig into it like once it once he makes that that backstabby choice mm-hmm. and like she very well, she said they won't do anything to control crime yeah it's but, like, like what are the Policy. Like again, this is me being like too pedantic, but like the whole point of it is that like the whole the whole thing is presented in such a frustrating way that you got distracted by how annoying it was. Do you feel that there's like nothing to discuss about the relationship? Like it's fine, (laughs) but yeah, it's really weird to me that like there's nothing to talk about, and this is that's the central plot of the movie is this relationship, and and that's what disappoints me is it feels so rote. You know what I mean? It's done well. I can't say that it's not done well, but it's not done with any. 
passion. Yeah. You know? No, that's true. Uh, and so I'm glad that, that Sorkin found his bliss with, with uh, the West Wing. But it's just, it, it's odd. I don't know. It's odd to me that it feels like this is definitely a romantic comedy. We, we're going to record another podcast soon that is not a romantic comedy. And so it feels like we can't say about this, but at the same time, I'm like, but what is there to talk about, you know? Yeah. The character, I don't think that Sydney is given a lot of, like, interesting characterization. She's not awful, you know what I mean? She she could be worse, but yeah. at the same time, I don't think that we can have, like, a long conversation about who she is as a person. It's very... Yeah, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing is that, like, she is given, like, her own shit to do in her own agency to yeah. some degree, and, like, she's doing I mean, stuff on her own. Like, she... she Cares about what she's doing and yeah, I mean, and it's like the but the thing is that it's kind of hustle getting the vote. The thing is that it is also kind of a cheat on Sorkin's part because like they he structures it in such a way that like what she does directly relates to what he does. Mm -hmm. So it's not like in a movie where they have two separate careers, but like they feel like it was also unexamined that she is getting the votes for this bill, which nobody expected her to after her relationship with the president goes public. And there's no... There's not enough time given to the idea that, like, well, what? Like, are people saying yes because they think they'll hold sway with the president because of it? I mean, to some degree, I feel like that isn't acknowledged when it when it blows up. Uh-huh. And, you know, because she says, like, my, my credibility is ruined because I said that, you know, I had your support. Now it's going to just seem like I was... I think she says something to the effect of, like, now it's going to seem like, you know, I was... I, I, yeah. Like, you know, it's because I was your girlfriend and then you changed your mind. And, right, but I'm saying in terms of, like, why people agree... Because the assumption at the start of the movie is she's never going to get the votes for the bill. And then she does. Right. And I'm not sure if it's made clear if it's just because she's awesome at her job, which I'm sure she is, or if it's because as he's getting less votes because people are more and more frustrated with the president and the attacks that he's getting, even though she's getting attacked too, if it's because it's she, you know, they believe she has the ear of the president because they're in a relationship, yeah, they're maybe. more likely Yeah, yeah, you're right. They don't, they don't give enough consideration. And I feel like that's a really significant part of the movie that I would have wanted to understand a little bit yeah. more, or at least like see some exploration. Like, does she feel gross about it? Yeah. Does she feel like she can't claim ownership of her success because yeah. of it he doesn't care about that and that that's frustrating she's just like yeah i got my votes no he took away my votes and it's like but uh, we didn't even see her getting the votes i think it's like a montage at some point a montage, and you know i love montages but it, it, considering the intricacy with which she did like the president's conversations about the crime control bill and yeah. all that stuff it's really frustrating to not see the balance. And I mean, part of it is, like, obviously Sorkin is never going to write a, a rom-com with a female protagonist. So, like, he's doing it from Michael Douglas's point of view, and that's just the nature of it. Like, we're going to see more of it. But there are there are point of view scenes from Annette Benning's perspective. Like, mm. there are scenes where Shepard's not around, and you just see her, yeah. you know. But it's, like... They're very know, perfunctory. She's, like, getting ready for dates. Yeah. You know? Like, I found that a little bit frustrating, to be honest with you, that we didn't... Because I feel like that's a really central question. And, you know, when she's talking to her boss, like, he does talk about, like, how her, about her credibility and stuff like that. But it's, she, like, at one point she gets accused of, like, trading sex for votes for a previous job she had, right? About, like, a teacher's union, right? I don't remember that at all. Richard Dreyfuss um, says it on TV. Oh, I don't know. So that he heard rumors that she did something like that in the past. And oh, well, like, I, mean, no, I mean, honestly, it's like, why would, based on the how they established his character, why would you believe anything he said about anything? Brendan, I'm in no way saying I believe oh, that. I, I, what I'm saying is, this is something that's been, that she's been oh, accused of. Oh, I don't remember. I, I still don't, I still don't remember There's that. not a lot of examination over the ramifications of that as she's going out trying to get votes for this bill. No, I, I, I don't remember that part, though, so I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Um, so that's, I, I, I guess that's why I feel like usually when we talk about rom-coms, we're, all, we're talking about the character traits of the couple and like their flaws. And I guess this, this is where we get, like Sydney doesn't really have flaws. And yeah. so that's why we're like, there's no meat to the couple. Like it's just yeah. like, they're good together. Mm-hmm. Go on, you know? And so like, it's not a bad thing, but it doesn't make for a fruitful podcast conversation. But what it does is the political stuff and the arrogance of Aaron Sorkin it's just weird. It's weird that his whole thing is like, we need more passion in politics and stuff like that. And yet when, when people show it, he's like, shh, you know? Well, like, what? What is his deal? Yeah. He sucks. What are we covering next week? No, um, uh, what did you think of Sydney? Uh, did you think she's an interesting female character? Um, I think Annette Benning makes her interesting. Sure. Um, I think that, you know, there are certain beats, like, like the, the thing where they, they get together mm-hmm. where like, she's given like a certain amount of like, um, you know, there's this weird, you know, she, she, she has like a bit, she has confidence that she's able to she bring does, out yeah. and like, and, and sort the of point where she speaks French to the, the French president, right. um, when she, she didn't reveal that she could do that before. Right. Like stuff like that is yeah. is good. Like you know, it's not, and again, like like I said before, like she she has a, a decent amount of agency and like her own shit going. She on. does. I feel like like the like that stuff is like shallow in a way. Like she does have agency. She does have a job. She's a professional woman. Um, but it's all very she's surface also, like, level. Funny and confident, but yeah, it's surface level because he just isn't interested in examining her as a character. And yeah. I guess that's where I, I leave a little disappointed. But I do think she has the potential of being a more interesting character yeah. than she is, and she's interesting enough on her own. But it's just like you feel like it's the tip of the iceberg, and you want more, especially yeah. because Annette Bening does, like you said, play her well. Uh, I think she adds more comedy to the movie in her choices. I mean, mm-hmm. she's given funny lines, but like the way that she like will deliver them in a way that is like kind of cocky and still. Yeah. Um, Sweet is really, really good. Um, so I feel like I, I just wish that we had gotten a little bit more out of that role. Yeah. Um, but she was fine. And then did you think that this is romantic? You know, reasonably. Like, you know, it's it's, it's very perfunctory Again, about it. Yeah, it's like a but... shallow romantic. Like, I, I think their dance scene was well done. I think, like we said, the, um, the initial, like, sex scene. Not that it's really a sex scene, but, like, the seduction yeah. scene is well done. But, yeah, sorry I interrupted you. No, it's... I... You said it. It's fine. It is perfunctory. Um, there's just no. There's no passion behind the romantic comedy elements of this movie. Yeah. Well, it mostly just works Why because, like, I who knows? Like, maybe you can sell it another way. Like, I mean, some of it I think too is that it, there's an element of like Sorkin is a good enough writer that just by committing to like the basic structure of these things, he makes them work. Yeah. He can make them work well enough because he knows how to structure a story. And then the, after that, it's on the, it's on the cast and you got a good cast. So like, you know, and like Rob Reiner knows how to direct people. He consistently works with good actors. Yeah. And Rob Reiner knows how to direct people too. Yeah. So like, so yeah, I think it's mostly just, you know, it's, it's being able to follow a, a functional roadmap and then getting good people to deliver the lines. And, and a lot of it goes by on charisma and energy, mm-hmm. which is not usually a problem when it comes to Sorkin related no, stuff. that's so. true. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Mm. It's, it's very rare that I watch a romantic comedy where I'm like, eh, I can go my whole life without watching this again. Mm. Even though I liked it. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's a weird duality where like, like I'm more likely to watch the movies that I hated again than to watch this because it just, it feels so cold you know do you think it's a comedy 
Um, yeah, I, I think that I think that a lot of the humor beats work. I think that like again, like that, that that sort of pattern back and forth mm-hmm. and like casual absurdity is something that Sorkin is good at. Um, what does that whole sequence like after they spend the night together, where like oh, you yeah. know it becomes a thing, and just like as and one by one, like the inner circle that comes into the office, and they're just very casual, like hey CJ, you know, or, hey Sydney, yeah, like just like just whatever, you know. So like the thing is, like the press uh, knows that she stayed there overnight because she drove there and her car was there overnight, but it's like. Drove where? Where is her car park? <laughs> I mean, no. But whatever. Like, this like, confuses me. Whatever. Because like, it's a fanciful idea. Like, I guess I get hung up on the details where I'm like, oh, so she just, like, parked outside the White House? I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a parking lot, like, for That's employees. visible for everyone? For the press pool, probably. Yes, I get it. Just it's hard for me to understand a lot. Of, like, I get hung up, as you know, on the specifics of a lot of movies. And this one... There's just so much that they're not discussing that, like, yeah. like, 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 the only problem with dating a president in this is that Richard Dreyfus is a dick. Yeah. But it's like, but what about all the other <laughs> concerns? You know? But yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but well, stuff no, like that's that. That's not true. There is the recurring beat where he can't order her flowers. Right. Like, he doesn't even get to have cash or something. Which, yeah. which, which again, we just, there's no reason for him to have I know, I know. But I mean, yeah, I, but, I which, which is also something, which is also something that shows up in the West Wing with, uh, oh, shit, did it? With the Butterball Hotline. Like the whole thing where he's like trying, well, to, he's like, trying to get the guy from Fargo, but yeah. but I don't remember it coming up that he like can't carry money. Well, no, it's the idea in general that like but trying to like trying to engage with the regular world. But he in no way pretended that he was somebody else on the phone. No, yeah, that's which, which he really probably should have. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's the stuff like that. You know, is is, is funny and yeah, like gives it a certain amount of like personality. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, just like the way that like they sort of like can be very droll about like yeah you know whatever we're doing that now. You know like, what feels similar to me when 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 I'm getting hung up on these questions is um, the prime minister storyline in Love Actually. Yeah. Where I'm like, why did he need to go door to door to find what's her name? You know, when he she worked for him first of all. Also, he's the prime minister. Like. He can pretty much like. Isn't there a joke in this about how how did he get her number and he's he's like the FBI? Yeah. Yeah, like at least this, at the very minimum, did that. But um, it, it just feels like it's not acknowledging the reality of it, and maybe it doesn't need to because it's a romantic comedy, and that's what I always say. But something about it really bothered me in this. Yeah, this is like a, this is a reversal on our end because like I'm usually the one yeah. who's like the hell like, like they, they, I was the one who was like I'm screaming like, at the top I'm of my being lungs like a about fucking cinema sins person right now being like well I don't yeah. get how realistically that they could plot like, like I was the yeah and like, <laughs> it's like I was the one who was screaming at the top of my lungs about how this guy in ten days like how is it ethical for her to do yeah, this sort of shit as part of her stupid column that nobody thought it was real in the first place um, but whatever like it's, it's mostly just a circumstantial thing I guess like what what turns people's suspension of disbelief on right and it's just like the mood that you're in. Too. But yeah. it was just for whatever reason. I feel like the fact that like I couldn't really hook into the relationship as much as I normally would have probably Makes it, gave yeah. me more opportunity to be like, but I don't understand how she's getting here. Like, how did she drive here? She gets yeah. lost on Dupont Circle. It's like it's just like yeah. I get confused about like when they are and are not discussing the challenges of dating the president. Like they discuss it initially, and then they're just like, no, it's fine. So like she can just always go to the Oval Office. <laughs> like, I, 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 I don't know. to me, but whatever. Um, if it was on TBS, which, oh, uh, I I I think it's comedy light. Uh, outside of like the recurring thing with him trying to buy her flowers and he buys her a ham that time. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of a lot of really funny stuff. Mm. Um, it's more in the performances and the lines for me. Um. 
It was on TBS. Did you watch it? Yeah. You know, I mean, for the most part, it's like, especially 90s era Aaron Sorkin, it's like, I'll sit down and just listen to the dialogue and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, would you? I think there was a version of me that would have watched this a lot, but I don't think that version of me exists in 2019. I'll say it that way. Like, it's hard for me to divorce, like, the reality of, of life now <laughs> versus what it was like 24 years ago when this movie was theoretical. Like, like, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. But no, I can. Ex- <laughs> there's like no avenue for which I can really enjoy this movie outside of like a very academic. Like, yes, I think the movie is made well. However, I can't enjoy the romance as much as I normally would in a romantic comedy. I can't even enjoy the clothes as much as I normally would in a romantic comedy. Costume design's dull, um, and that's why we watch a lot of this shit. I I can't get lost in like the political fantasy of it because it feels so detached and removed, and it's depressing because. It's stuff that we can't even come close to now, and it was like 24 years ago. And I don't think that we could have come close to it in the 90s either. Well, yeah. But it's just like the idea that people were talking about like carbon dioxide emissions and stuff in the 90s, and it's like we're so far away from from anything approaching this. It's just like, what 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 about this am I supposed to enjoy? <laughs> that should be the the final question I ask you at the end of each one again. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's going to be harder for me to answer that question most of the time what than about, you. What about this? Am I supposed to enjoy it? Like, I think I really cracked it just now when I was like, I don't even enjoy the costumes. Most romantic comedies, if nothing else, I can enjoy the costumes. You enjoy, like, good cozy sweaters and, and suit jackets and in my the Potomac winter? In my personal life, I adore a good cozy sweater. But like, this, is, this, is, this, is like Nan- this is like Nancy Myers chic. You know, which is like... <laughs> it's... Anyway... Yeah, I don't know. Also, where are her friends? Well, her sister's in this. Her, I know, but like, it just feels weird. Uh, it feels weird that she doesn't really have much of a social life. I mean, workaholic, I guess. I suppose, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, it, I think it's the mark of a movie that that ha- hasn't done enough to hook me that I ask all these straight questions. Well, yeah, no, that's that, no, your heart right. Um, and I'm sorry. I don't like being so negative. Again, I give it a B. <laughs> no, I know. It's just, no, I, I get it. We watch so many worse movies by worse people. Aaron Sorkin isn't the worst guy in the world. He just sucks. Well, no, I mean, but there's, there's again, like, there's something we said where it's like the worst sin is not being bad; it's being unmemorable. I think that this is artistic. The dullest Sorkin movie I've watched. Yeah, probably. I mean, and I, I, but I haven't watched a lot of his other. No, movies. I mean, I haven't seen. I don't know if I would find Moneyball dull personally. It doesn't sound like. It. I mean, it functions. I mean, it's the, it functions more. There's stakes in it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean. I mean. Yeah. You. I feel like you wouldn't be interested in the subject matter on principle, but like. Um. But yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with that assessment. Having actually seen everything except Molly's game. Right. Um. Yeah. And, and all the movies. You yes. haven't watched Newsroom. No. Which, yeah. All right, well, looks like we're wrapping up. I would like, as we wrap up, to give a shout-out to Megan Amram on Twitter, who tweeted my favorite joke the other day, and I bookmarked it for this podcast specifically. She tweeted, yeah, sure, I like Sorkin. Sorkin my own dick. (laughs) I missed that one. Yeah, I cried laughing. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) What are we going to talk about next on the 
the podcast, Brendan. We're going to take a slight segue into uh, sort of chick flick territory. Yeah, uh, not rom-com in my opinion or in your opinion, but if you're a fan of rom-coms, you are a fan of our next movie, which is Miss Congeniality. Yay! So we'll be, we'll be diving into that on the next episode, and uh, I think we can objectively say that we'll have more to say about that one. I certainly will, and I'll be nicer about it. I'm sorry I was such a pill, but Don't, I'm sorry to my hey. audience. I'm not sorry to Aaron Sorkin. Bye. Oh, Brendan, where can people find you online? My Twitter handle is, B, is at BF Hodgden, um, and you can also find uh, me, re, re, me doing comic book reviews at Doom. We're both laughing at the jokes, yeah. though, right? It's so good. Um, you can find my comic book reviews at Doom Rocket, and you can also check out my comic book, uh, Ares 9 Darkness, on yes. Comixology or Amazon. It's really good. Or in any comic book uh, location that may have it near you. Um, Sharon, how about you? Uh, uh, um, <laughs> you can find me at Twitter, Lalugashi. I'd like to read you my tweet from earlier today. You know I tweet once every quarter. And I tweeted today for the first time. It's not as good as Megan Amram's, but I just want to remind you all of this incredible moment in our shared history. Let me take it up. Earlier today, I tweeted, my Oscars... Oh, the Oscars came out this morning. The Oscar nominations. My Oscars opinion this morning is, remember that time that one dude thanked his blue-eyed wife and they immediately took his Oscar away from him? (laughs) Do you remember? No, I don't remember that, but we can talk about it off the air. Oh, guys. Uh, I feel bad because the guy is really nice, but there has never been a... A better Oscars. Like, the heavens opened on that day. It was the Moonlight thing. Oh, I don't remember that. Whatever. We'll talk about it later. Guys, you can find me on Twitter at Lala Lugashi. Talk to me about that moment. It was the best. Um, and we will see you next week or whenever we post the next ep- episode. You know how sporadic we are. Uh, Miss Congeniality. Bye. Bye.